Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
You're listening to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Gable. This is The Fringe FM. The network website is thefringe.fm. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so by contacting the network, or it would be a lot easier if you just emailed me at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. My personal page on there is Ryan Gable. You can IM me, message me on there, and the website www.thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, my books, and more. We're getting the montages uploaded onto the website soon for subscribers. And if you are a subscriber, you're already a subscriber, you can go to the website, click on the Member Book tab, and if you click on that, you'll see all of my books in there, including all the old ones, which, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff in those books. I wouldn't publish them again today. It's not that it's wrong information. It's just kind of a different perspective, my initial perspective on the world when I first got into radio. But a lot of people have asked for those books. So for subscribers, they are in that book archive on the website. Just go to the top of the page and you'll see it there. I don't know about you guys, but I'm the kind of person that when I do something and I think that I did it really, really well, like I'm all excited, I think, you know, that was a really great show, that was a really great book that I wrote, or, you know, that was a, a good short story, in anything. I mean, maybe you're a musician, you make a song. I've talked to musicians that they say they make music and they think that was a really great song, and then they, they, they play it for somebody or somebody hears it on their album and then nobody really has any comment. They're like, oh yeah, I guess that was okay. And then when you kind of phone it in or maybe it's not as the energy doesn't flow as well, it's not as artistic and you're like, ah, I'm just kind of putting that out there. And then people come to you and they say, well, that was one of the best songs that I think you've ever done. And I get, I get, I get that a lot on radio where I, I go back and I, I always think that I do a good job on a show, but I'm critiquing every detail. I'll think maybe I pronounced that wrong, but what is a pronunciation? You know, if I have an accent, it's a pronunciation. Why am I so hard on myself? Or on a show, I'll I'll say uh, 1966 instead of 1866, little incorrections like that. Other times, it's just like I'll plan for a show days ahead of time knowing what I want to do. And history shows are really easy to do that, of course, because you don't really have to rely on any kind of news breaking. So I do that on history shows. And uh, I did that Monday this week. I had this idea for a show. It was called The Third American War for Independence because the first American War for Independence was 1775 through 1783, the American Revolution, Declaration of Independence, 1776, July 4th. It was actually not really ratified by all the states until I think it was around like August 20th or something. And I don't think New York... I'm in New York. I don't think this state declared independence officially until the 13th of July. But, you know, they put it all together. Just a little interesting historical detail. So I planned for that show, and I thought gaslighting for his story. Gaslighting for his story. So I put that show together, and I thought, this is really great, powerful information. And then I didn't get 
as many responses back from that show that I, I thought that I would. That doesn't mean people aren't listening. Our numbers, I don't really pay attention to them, but they, the network tells me they tend to increase. But then I did a show on Tuesday called Deciphering the Maze, Closing the Pizza Gate. And I have to be honest with you, I threw that promo together and maybe I, I swear to I swear to God, Allah, Buddha, Krishna, Amatausu, I whatever. I I threw that promo together in like maybe sixty seconds. I had the picture I had uh, of the bull. I had the picture of Epstein, the picture of Maxwell, and I what I did is I faded them down on this website. I downloaded the photo real quick. It's just a copy and paste job. And then I, I kind of brushed the edges of the photo and I put their faces together over the pile of human skulls. We assume that in the picture with the bull, which is the minotaur in Greek myth. And then I thought, well, you know, I want to do something with this maze thing again. I came up with these really great names before when we did these Epstein shows like Ring Around the Pedophile Ring. I'm still patting myself on the back for that. I thought that was a great name. I, this is just this is part of the show. It's it's uh, it's fun to come up with these names every night. So I thought, how about deciphering the maze? Because a maze, a labyrinth, it's kind of an elaborate, complex system. We're going to decipher the maze. And then I thought, let me do a, let me do a subtitle to that. And I had an article about Pizzagate. And I thought, Pizzagate, I did a gate show called Obl- Gates to Oblivion. It was about Bill Gates and his, his history. I, I thought, how about closing the pizza gate? Yes, that's it, closing the pizza gate, because closing the pizza gate is what I want to do. I want to close the pizza gate so we can focus on what's coming out of the other open gates of hell relating to, and Jeffrey Epstein is just like, you know, he's like the main character. You know Epstein, but you didn't really get a chance to learn or to, to get to know these other characters in these complex labyrinths and mazes of what are both child and human in general, not just children, but child and human trafficking networks, and what otherwise, not to imply a religious context or tone, but for lack of any better wording, what essentially are satanic Ask satanic-like network. So deciphering the maze, closing the pizza gate. And then I, I thought, well, let's, you know, I want to do a little more of a history show. So I did a show last night called Active Measures of the Freudian Slip and Slide about how people like Bill Gates, for example, we talked about others, but people like Bill Gates, you know, he, he speaks and he makes these comments like, we need more childhood death. And he just laughs and then keeps talking. Like Some people don't believe me. These are real Bill Gates interviews. They're not, they're not even pulled from YouTube. You can just go watch them where he's like, we need more childhood death. And then he wrings his hands together in his pink sweater and he says, you know, if we just got more vaccines, you know, we, 7 billion people, at least 700,000 are going to die from them. But that's just a small price to pay. He's just wringing his hands like a supervillain. And so I thought, well, it's, this guy's it's not really a Freudian slip. You know, if you're continuing to do it, it's he's just it's a slide. So it's the Freudian slip and slide. So this is just a little bit into how my mind works. And I was I was talking to a listener the other day. And he was telling me how great that show was on Tuesday night. And I thought, I thought that I I thought that I thought I was thinking I was thinking 
that that show was was good, but I, it was a, a lot of rehashing of some older stuff. But I, I I think for some people that's that's necessary. So as I'm emailing this listener back, I uh, I came up with another name for a show. I was thinking, you know, I did use Lord of the Flies, and I used that for the Wilcox show we did with Mike D. And it was called Lord of the Lies, <laughs> which I thought I still can't stop laughing about that promo. Lord of the Lies, and then and then I was crafting tonight's show, and I thought. Lord of the Rings, because I was thinking of things that start with the rings, like Lord of the Rings, ring around the pedophile ring, Lord of the pedo ring, or Lord of the pedophile ring, or Lord of the, you know, pedo ring sounds better than like satanic network or something like that, satanic ring. It's more of like a pedo ring. But I also don't, I don't like the abbreviation of that word either, because pedo just basically means child so it's like lord of the child rings and they're not all children they're a lot of adults too so maybe i get too technical about it i'm just telling you how how i come up with show names so lord of the pedo rings and i started to think a little bit more deeply about gizlane maxwell who most of you know who she's been arrested in new hampshire they had tabs on her i'm sure she had government contacts and protection, and now she's at a jail in New York. I believe that that's official now. She's at a jail in New York. People, of course, are speculating, is she going to kill herself? Is she going to hang herself? Is she going to live? Is she going to survive? Initially, I was feeling on Tuesday night, I I feel like this woman's going to live, and I'm not in the business of making a prediction anyway. Like, what does that do to me? I just... I don't care to make a prediction. Why does it matter to make a... I'm not making a prediction. Let's put it that way. I'm not making a prediction. But I came across some mythological information that I thought was really interesting I want to share with you tonight. See, Jeffrey Epstein was a lot of things. But what's often overlooked about Epstein is his relationship. And as far as I know, this is the only radio show, unless I I did go on the Kev Baker show and talk about this, and I called into Clyde Lewis, our good friend, and mentioned it to him probably like a year ago. We might be the only show that's talked about this angle. See, Jeffrey Epstein represented, and and by extension through the myth, represents the Minotaur. The Minotaur from Greek myth. A creature with the head and tail of a bull and the body of a man. Now, if you don't enjoy mythology, you might think, well, Jeffrey Epstein was just this billionaire financier. What do do you mean he had the tail of a bull? It's symbolic. It's archetypical. It's a little bit more than just what's on the surface, which is really important for the Epstein story among all the others that are connected within this labyrinth and within this maze. So Epstein is the Minotaur. Half bull, half human. The point is, though, he represents various natural elements. So that's why you have half bull, half man, because the bull is the animal nature. It's the earth, Taurus, the the zodiac sign. And Taurus, the bull of the earth, earth-like, animal-like. Man has an animal nature, an animal side, just like the beauty and the beast. The beast is really a prince, and the prince is the soul sunken into matter, which is the material body, which is the, the, the animal, right? And then bell, it's beautiful woman, but also Belle. She's the Belle of the Ball. 
bell, music, harmony, like the Pythagoreans said, calmed the beast and awoken these latent abilities in mankind and allowed man to recognize his connection with the Godhead and to transcend the physical world through various ritualistic practices. Some people don't use ritual. Some people do use ritual. However, the point is you're connected to this, this flow of energy that from top to bottom, like the kundalini in the spine, is from God down to the lowest form of, uh, of uh, consciousness. And it goes through the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, humans, demigods, and gods, and below that are the minerals and the elemental kingdom. So you have seven kingdoms of consciousness, and that's, that's typically a Rosicrucian theme, but you find that all throughout occultism in variant forms. That's why you had in Frank Baum, and I know I'm digressing, but Frank Baum's Wizard of Oz, I love this, Frank Baum's Wizard of Oz, you had the tin man, the mineral body, you had the scarecrow, the vegetable body, and you had the lion, which is the animal body. So you had that represented in the Wizard of Oz. So just another interesting thing about movies, TV shows, stories that we read and we hear about and we learn about and are culturally significant in a lot of different ways. People interpret those movies like the Wizard of Oz politically, economically, and then others interpret them in a, in a more mystical way. And you can interpret them in all these ways. They, they have all of these meanings. And that's why myth is so important. That's why symbols are so important. I guess I'm not digressing that much because going back to symbols and myth, if Epstein is the is the, the Minotaur, and I'll explain why he is, this beast, this hybrid creation, and who could say with a straight face that Epstein was not a monster, he was not a beast, and furthermore in the physical that he was not literally working with genetic alteration or using various forms of gen genetic alteration through programs meant to create a essentially a, a specialized genetic race using his his seed that that was in the New York Times one of his major compounds both of these compounds the Zora Ranch I believe is the name of it the Zora Ranch I think and then the uh, the Caribbean compound both of these locations had these Kind of like the one in New Mexico was was a much larger area, and it had a giant labyrinth on the property. And the place in the Caribbean was not a large property like the New Mexico one, but it had I mean, big house, but it had that little blue and white cube, and it had this flooring around the cube. And it had these red squiggly lines. And if you paid close enough attention to it, you'll notice that some of these lines weren't accidentally placed just for visuals. These lines were boxes inside of boxes and miniature little, at least how I interpreted them, mazes. Not complex, just very simple. So in that context, just on the surface, that made me think about Epstein when we did one of our shows on Epstein last year. It made me think of Epstein as kind of like a minotaur because the minotaur in Greek myth was in a maze on an island, and on the maze in the island he was fed, he was sent, men and women, 14 men and women, young men and women, teenagers, seven young men and seven young women as a sacrifice. So he was basically sent children, 
you know, very young people sent to the island and they were put into the maze. And then at the center of the maze was this minotaur, this beast who consumed them. So this archetype starts to make more sense when you look at Epstein from this point of view, because he has the island compound, he has the mazes and the labyrinths, and then he himself is the bull at the center devouring these children straight out of Greek myth. And then the other thing that's interesting is his, his compound in the Caribbean, the, the cube on it, the blue and white, is basically, it's like the flag of Greece. I mean, it's also Israel, but in context with the other symbol, uh, symbols and emblems, what you have here is, is a relationship to Greek mythology. So he was fed these children in the myth, the beast was, and I find that interesting that it's like he's fed children through these pipelines and these networks and through these mazes, these elaborate labyrinths in real life too. And who gave him these young people, these children, these teenagers, who, who acquired them? Well, his companion was Ghislaine Maxwell, who, as I said, was just arrested a couple of days ago, last week and last week, and now she's at a jail in New York. Supposed to be the same jail he went to. She was the hunter of children. One of the hunters, but she was the huntress. She was the main hunter of children. She went out to acquire new prey for the bull and his maze networks. See, the psychological abuses employed by this branch of what can't be described as anything except for a cult include everything from rape and torture to less severe forms of psychological manipulation like intimidation and coercion. Now, where this gets weird, if it isn't weird already, is when you notice that these are some of the same methods being employed on the global population in response to COVID-19. Many of these methods are derived from Albert Biederman's framework for extracting false confessions out of soldiers, a Soviet communist practice. I believe maybe it was Chinese communism, but a communist practice, a Soviet-style communist practice of extracting false confessions from soldiers. Also, it's the exploitation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's just a simple cycle of abuse that's often associated with domestic abuses. You know, you have your cycle of the the traumatic event, and then you have your your honeymoon period, and then the cycle repeats. Now, in Greek mythology, there's actually a goddess of mazes, and I find this interesting. Although in, in Greek mythology, the goddess of mazes, known as the goddess of uh, mazes because she... She actually helps, she assists in the killing of the bull, which has a lot of different meanings. This goddess, Eridne, A-R-I-A-D-N-E, Eridne. And she was known as the goddess of mazes or the princess of mazes because of her involvement in killing the bull or the minotaur as the, the kind of the companion, the, the lover of Theseus, the, the hero. However, Theseus, and get this, this is really weird, Theseus abandoned, after they killed the Minotaur, the myth proceeds, there's a couple different branches of this myth, but Theseus abandons her, so she helps to bring the bull down, 
and with her companion, because with Epstein's exposure, the network opens up and the world can see just on the surface what's going on. And so the bull is slayed. Epstein dies. Are you with me? And then when Theseus abandons Ariadne, she hangs herself in distress. And this was the, the, the fate of Jeffrey Epstein. And the question is, could it also be the fate of Ghislaine Maxwell? This isn't a prediction. This is just using myth and archetypes to examine what's going on in our world, current events, and with the Epstein story as it continues to unfold. It's not just Epstein, if you didn't know that. It's not just John of God. It's not just Nexium. It's not just Seville. It's not just the Catholic Church. It's not just politicians and business people and media moguls. This is a labyrinth. This is a maze. Epstein was the Minotaur. He's the Lord of the Pedo Ring. But he's a lot more than that. So is Ghislaine Maxwell. We'll talk about all of that and continue to shut that pizza gate tonight on The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere more. After this break, I'm Ryan Gable. TheSecretTeachings.info books, subscriptions, it's all there. rdgable at yahoo.com rdgable at yahoo.com Contact us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. And you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. 
Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. This is The Fringe FM. So, Lord of the Pedo Rings, or Lord of the Pedophile Rings, people throw this word around nowadays, pedophile, pedophile. What it means is, phila, like Philadelphia, it means love, city of brotherly love, and pita, pedo, means Child, So lovers of children or child lovers is what the word actually means. But of course, pedophiles aren't really the lovers of children, are they? They're the abusers of children, no matter how much certain elements and branches of the labyrinth and the maze in media try to convince you that a 45-year-old man who wants to pretend like he's a, you know, a, a, a cat and then molest a, a two-year-old girl, and that's somehow okay because he's an animal, you know, or some other weird thing like the the weird stories about these people that they're like, I'm a, I'm a pedophile, not a monster, <laughs> where they're trying to normalize the sexual perversion. And it's not even really sexual perversion. Children aren't and should not be sexual anyway. And that's not, that's not um, an ideological thing. That's a pragmatic thing. Children are not sexual objects, but some people make them sexual objects. Children are not really things that can be loved sexually. Maybe there are like three people with a wire that is loose a little bit, but I don't think children can be and should be sexualized in that capacity to suggest that children can be loved by 50-year-olds or whatever the case might be. But Pedophilia is is loving children, right? Lovers of children. So by that definition, it implies two things. It implies that me, as a father, I love my son, Fox. Love really isn't the way to describe it, but I love my son, Fox. So I love him. He's a child. By that definition, that would make me a pedophile, would it not? And you can say, well, that's not what it means. That's No, 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 but that is what it means because that's the definition of the word. If you, ha- if you love children... 
woman, man, doesn't matter. You love children. That makes you a pedophile by definition. So, of course, real pedophiles have redefined the term culturally and socially so that when they abuse a child, they call it loving a child. So literally, abuse is love. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. War is peace. Abuse is love. Abuse is love. I'm raping them, but I love them, so it's okay. Now, beyond this, there really are not people that love children in a sexual way. It's a power thing. Just like you're walking down the street, and if a mugger has a choice between you, who might be big and strong, or maybe you're at least paying attention to your surroundings, Maybe you're open, open carrying. I don't think too many people that open carry get mugged. But if you're open, open carrying, you know, or you're walking with some friends, man or woman, it's probably, you're probably less likely to get mugged. But even a big, strong guy, you know, walking down the street with headphones on, not paying attention, just kind of in la-la land, is more likely to get mugged. You know, based on criminal psychology, because criminals are predators and they prey on the weak, they don't attack the strong. They might attack them psychologically, if we're talking about gaslighting and other forms of psychological control. But these are the kinds of psychopaths and muggers who don't mug you on the street. They mug you in a sophisticated way, and they gaslight you into thinking that it's your fault for being robbed. It's your fault for being raped. Because, again, they love you while they're, while they're abusing you. And a lot of relationships, of course, break down to this, men and women, women, men. And when my son was born, I go to the hospital, and they gave us, they gave us all these flyers. His mom didn't get the flyers, but I got the flyers, you know. Because I have a penis. So they get, literally, they give me these flyers. They're like, as a, ma- as a man, you need to read these flyers. And I glanced at them and it's like, you know, if, if the flyer could speak, it would sound like this. Listen here, dumbass. As a man, you need to spend time with your child. And I'm thinking, what? You mean I need to spend time with my child? Why wouldn't I spend time with my child? You know, are there that many men? that are this disconnected? Oh, certainly there are, but there are that many women who are just disconnected like this, and why don't women receive the same form? A little bit of a pet peeve of mine. But it, it like tells you that you need to like love your child, play with your child. You never see commercials for that, do you? You never see commercials, they're like, where they don't t- tell you what's going on, but it's like a guy, he, he, you know, he goes outside, he throws a ball with his son, and then it's like, even this experience can make an impact on little Bobby's life, you know, and then be a dad today. You never see the ones that are like, be a mom today. Stop sleeping around. Be a mom today. Get off the crack rock. They never show you, show you those commercials. It's just about the deadbeat dad. They never show you the deadbeat mom. Again, I'm digressing. Point is, in terms of domestic abuses, if you think about domestic abuses, 1979, a Lenore E. Walker tried to explain the patterns of behavior in abusive relationships. Lenore broke it down into a couple, four phases that are really condensed into three phases. You have a, a tension-building phase where tension is, of course, built up. And then you have 
a crisis phase where you go through the, the trauma and the crisis, big fights, physical abuse, maybe something else. And then you have a period of calm and the calm kind of culminates in this honeymoon phase where everything's okay, become comfortable again. And then it explodes through the comfortable phase into the tension that leads back to crisis. And this cycle of abuse, whether, and I don't think a lot of people are doing this consciously, this is just perhaps the human condition, perhaps the lack of communication in a relationship, perhaps human emotion. And it goes both ways. You know, women do this to men as equally as men do it to women. It's not about men or women or women or men. It's about, or, or gay or homosexual or heterosexual for that matter. It's about people. So this is the, the type of abuse. And if you think about something like uh, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, which was proposed by Abraham Maslow in 1943, a paper called A Theory of Human Motivation, and it was a psychological review of, of various needs that we have as humans. We have physiological needs, safety needs, belonging needs, social needs, esteem needs, and then self-actualization. And Abraham Maslow used this to describe the pattern through which human motivations typically move. And it's a part of a part of a pattern, pattern of, of behavior, just like the tension building phase, the crisis phase, and the honeymoon phase. But these were things that people needed. You know, you need food and water and shelter, safety. You need love and belonging to a community, esteem, like you're worth something, self-actualization, accomplishing, achieving something. So these methods are things that all of us desire, all of us need, and they can be preyed upon. And by preying upon, they're being played upon, that maybe you're in one of these abusive relationships, right? And a lot of people stay in abusive relationships because they feel, even though they feel danger, maybe they have a house, maybe they have, you know, a couple of cars, insurance, family gatherings, and although they're they're being abused, they're being you know physically abused, they're being verbally abused. Men do it to women, women do it to men again. But you still feel safety in some part because you're you're at you're at home. It's your home, even though it's kind of not your home because it feels like a uh, it feels like a nightmare. You still feel kind of safe there. You still feel like you kind of belong there. You still get your social needs met. So as long as some of these things are being met, then you stay in the abusive situation, and it takes a very strong person to recognize this and to overcome it. Now, that was in 1943. That was proposed by Mas Maslow. It, it's, it's, it's an academic paper, but this is something that's often referred to by psychologists. However, there's another psychologist. In 1956, Albert Biederman developed a framework for understanding the methods foreign armies use to extract false confessions from prisoners of war. And listen to this, just listen really carefully to these, these methods of coercion to extract false confessions, get people to uh, you know, agree that they did something they didn't do or act a certain way they didn't actually, or they wouldn't normally act like. It's manipulation, but it's also getting people to submit false statements. The first method was isolation. Second method is monopolization of perception. Third method is induced debilitation or exhaustion. The fourth method is threats. 
being threatened. The fifth method is occasional indulgences, which is kind of like the honeymoon phase of Lenore E. Walker's pattern of behavior and abusive relationships. And then you have the sixth step, demonstrating superiority, the seventh step, degradation, and the eighth step, enforcing trivial demands. Now, all of these abuses, psychology plays an important role in rape, murder, crimes of human exploitation by other humans who might not be human so much as they might be possessed by a demon, but I don't, I don't think that's always a good, a good explanation. I think humans can do some really bad stuff. It's kind of like we always think about Roswell, right? And uh, this, this week is the Roswell anniversary week, week, of course. We did a Roswell show a couple weeks ago, but you think about Roswell, and it's like, well, these, this alien ship crashed in 1947, and this is where we got Velcro and lasers from, as if humans couldn't have developed those things anyway, right? We always go to the alien card, or the Germans had this advanced technology. How did they get it? They must have channeled it through the Vril. Maybe, but I think humans can develop this stuff too. I don't think that it's alien, and I don't think that, psychologically speaking, I, I, I don't think that humans should be dismissed in terms of how how cruel they can be, but also how loving they can be. So I don't think demonic entities are present. But we have to factor in that demonic activity is often an expression of some form of characteristic like lust, hatred, you know, defiling. I always talk about defiling, the defiler who appears as a child, the Valak demon who was made popular by the Conjuring series. Valak is the defiler and Valak who appears in the movie The Nun, the prequel to the Conjuring series appears as a child with serpents because Valak appears as a child. If you look at Colin DePlancy's Dictionary Infernal, I've got all of those images in my book, Occult Arcana, and you can see Valak as a little child. You type that into the internet, Valak, and you'll see the little child with snakes. And the defiler of children, Valak, is a demon. It doesn't necessarily mean a, like a, a, an actual spirit possesses someone who abuses a child, but the spirit, it's, it's not like the spirit manifests. It's that the abuser manifests the spirit. The spirit doesn't manifest to create the abuse, at least from our temporal physical reality looking outward. You know, sometimes I would suggest perhaps it's probably the other way around, but Maybe object. Let's objectively speak about this. It's probably a little bit of both. It's like the, the the demon doesn't cause it. It's the human that creates the environment for the demon. The human does this action for whatever the reason is: greed, power, whatever. And then it opens up the vessel, and they become hollow, and the demon p- possesses them. So it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. But nevertheless, we're talking about psychology, we can do things to human beings and to animals that are horrific, but we can also do really great things to each other, really great things to animals. This idea that humans are inherently bad and humans are inherently evil, this is a global, 
UN anti-human agenda from everything that I've read. It's not a talking point or rhetoric. That's just what it is when you have major universities. You have global organizations like the UN, and they're saying that breathing is bad, families are bad, which, by the way, Black Lives Matter says one of their goals is to destroy the family, which is it kind of seems strange, but you can read that on their website. So destroying the family, destroying women, destroying men, no masculinity, no femininity, and ultimately the goal would be a, a Huxley future, an Aldous Huxley future where people are so pharmacologically controlled and so disconnected. Not only do you have an elimination of the orgasm, like Orwell said, an elimination of all pleasure in life, but you have an elimination of even sex for procreation purposes. It's all done in a, in a lab. It's all done in a facility. And the spark of life is, is removed. So basically, you, you just got a factory of pumping out these robotic slaves. You know, just another brick in the wall. These methods of psychological coercion and persuasion are really interesting to apply to not only Epstein and his labyrinth of networks and his madame, who on tonight's show we call her the huntress because she hunted these children, but also we call her because in, in Greek myth she was the goddess of, uh, of mazes and labyrinths. Ari Edne, Ari Edne, or Ari Edne, one of those pronunciations. In Greek it looks like Ari Adni. Ariadne, but she's like the goddess of mazes and labyrinths, and she helps to kill the Minotaur. But then, because her partner abandons her, she hangs herself, which is interesting because Epstein is the Minotaur in the maze, and he hanged himself, and with the Minotaur dead, does Maxwell hang herself too? That's kind of the question. And uh, is it suicide, or... Is it another hit? It's funny they reduce everything in the media to, well, you're saying the Clintons killed Epstein? No, I didn't say the Clintons killed him. It just looks like from having his, his, the bones in his throat crushed and independent autopsies and screams and cameras malfunctioning, like same thing when Princess Diana was murdered. It just seems kind of suspicious. But, oh, you're saying the Clintons... No, I didn't say the Clintons killed him. What are you talking about? I know... Or you get people that say, it was Anthony Bourdain's body. What are you talking about? Anthony Bourdain's body? Yeah, they kind of look alike, but I, I don't even have the energy to respond to that stuff anymore, really. I mean, I'll, if it's interesting, I'll look at it, but I don't have the energy to respond to it. If you do, good for you. I, I don't have the time to spend on that anymore. But I want to share with you something I, I noticed, because talking about Jeffrey Epstein and his Huntress Ariadne is one thing relating them to the myth of the Minotaur and the maze and Crete, the island, and the feeding of 14 young people, seven boys and seven girls to the Minotaur. It's, it's like, it's like the, the official myth. It's bizarre when you look at the, the labyrinth on the Zorro Ranch in New Mexico and the blue and white, the Greek cube, if you will. It could be a Jewish cube, too, because Epstein was Jewish. His connections to Weinstein, Jewish, Maxwell, Jewish, her dad, Mossad, Israeli intelligence involved, a lot of Jewish connections. The black cube security firm that wiped 
information for Harvey Weinstein. So that's all one thing. But the the, the myth of the the island, the Crete, and then you have, of course, the 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 labyrinth with the Minotaurs on the island, and the Minotaurs half man, half bull. So he's a beast. He's a monster. He's eating, killing these children, and that's exactly what Jeffrey Epstein is. That's what he represents, is the Minotaur. And so his his huntress, who went out and hunted the children, goddess of mazes, Iriadne, and her involvement killed the Minotaur, but it also led to her own death because her partner, Theseus, abandoned her in Greek myth, and she decided to hang herself. And so I wonder if we'll have a hashtag in the next couple of months that says, Gislaine didn't kill herself. You know, or they'll say, you know, Christmas lights and I don't know what the other things are. What else do you hang? Christmas lights and ornaments and Jeffrey Epstein. What do these three things have in common? They don't hang themselves. So it'll be like Christmas lights, ornaments, Jeffrey Epstein, Gislaine Maxwell. What do these four things have in common? They don't hang themselves. I don't know. But in relation to that and the methods of abuse within these networks, the things that we hear about, the things that we can speculate on from witnesses that experience these things or saw them, this might seem totally unrelated, but just stay with me for a second. On June 26th, 2020, just a few days ago, there's a story out of Reuters, and it came out of Japan, out of Tokyo. And it's about a Japanese startup company called Donut Robotics. And they developed an internet-connected smart mask that can transmit messages and translate from Japanese into other languages. Now, that sounds kind of cool that it can translate. That would be a cool little device that you have. Didn't they have something like that in Star Trek? Something like that where we could just, like, talk to people and they could translate for us. Well, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, it concerns me that it's an internet-connected smart mask, so you're going to put this pulsating radiation on your skull. Sure, that's totally safe. It's provable. It's absolutely provable. Experts said it was safe. Um, It connects via Bluetooth to a smartphone and a tablet application, and it transcribes speech into text messages, makes calls, or it can amplify the mask wearer's voice. That's just pathetic. (laughs) take the, the the mask off. So I saw that and I realized, you know, I should have been looking for this. It's quite obvious they're going to have smart masks. But as it becomes more confusing about well, should you wear it, should you not wear it? Is it helping? Is it not helping? Is there a curve? Is there not a curve? Is it a line? Is it a, a graph? Is it a pie chart? What's going on? Death rates are different than case rates and then some people are saying, no, the death rates are actually higher than the case rates. And how's that possible? Because that would mean millions are dead. And then you got other people on TV that are like, Trump's a monster. He, Well, Joe Biden said that. He, he killed 150 million Americans. It's like, you know, there's only 300 and something million of us. I guess half the country's dead, according to Joe Biden. So, I and I guess if that's the case, he thinks he's going to win because half the country's like Republican, right? And they vote for Trump and they haven't been wearing masks, so they all died. So I guess it's going to be a 100% to zero for the election, according to Uncle Joe. Who, by the way, speaking of demons, he looks like the crooked man from The Conjuring 2. Look that up. Look up Conjuring 2, crooked man, and then look up Joe Biden's smile. He looks like an actual demon. I also put that on Facebook a couple weeks ago. But with the masks, 
I noticed two things about the mask. Not only is it a death mask, and it's a symbol of coercive obedience, not asking questions, going along to get along, which maybe in some cases, okay, I get it. I'm not wearing a mask in any case, but in some cases, perhaps I get it. It also represents the face hugger, and I say that it kind of, it it implants tyranny. It implants the destruction of the republic. It implants the destruction of, of, of human beings inside of you, like the xenomorph, and then it explodes out. And you don't have a use for the mask anymore because you're dead. And you're dead spiritually, you're dead socially, you're dead culturally. You're just wearing a mask and wandering around and thinking that you're protecting other people, not just yourself, right? Because I'm doing this for you. I'm doing it for you. You're a self-conceited little prick, aren't you? You're doing it for me. I don't want you to do it for me. In fact, I feel worse that you're doing it for me. I feel unsafe. Again, I'm digressing. What I'm really getting at here (laughs) is they have other masks now. They're not just smart masks. They have some masks that in Israel, you press a button, and this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. You press a button, and it opens, and then it closes, and it opens. and It, it looks like something from a horror movie, like it's got teeth, and it opens and closes. It looks freaky. And the reason it opens and closes is so you can smoke a cigarette. Yeah, because you're trying to keep yourself healthy, and then you take the mask off and smoke a cigarette. Get yourself a couple cancer sticks. Or you take it off because you want to eat. Well, the, the, the Jews in Israel found a way around that. They press a button and it opens the mask and you put the food in and then you close it and you can chew and little bits of food can get stuck in the mask and it can get really, really, it can get dirty faster. And then you can get sicker faster. This is what Israel developed. And then I saw other masks where they're making them, they're similar, but they're kind of manual. They don't press, you don't press a button, you, you unzip it. That's right, you unzip it. Like it's a pair of pants. You unzip it. One thing came to my mind when I thought of unzipping the mask. I'm not a very kinky person. However, whether you're a kinky person or not, I'm sure you know what BDSM is, don't you? A variety of various erotic practices, bondage, dominance, submission, discipline, sadomasochism. Sadism, part of sadomasochism, is the tendency to derive pleasure or sexual gratification, but pleasure in general from inflicting pain or suffering or humiliation on others. Somewhere deep down, I imagine that some people that are wearing masks are kind of sadistic. They really get off on forcing other people to wear a mask to look and to feel humiliated. They're a little sadistic. And I imagine in some ways some people are kind of masochistic because they derive pleasure from their own humiliation. And it seems like we're all suffering from a form of Stockholm Syndrome because no matter what we hear as the official line of the day, it changes by the day. We're all being gaslit and told that science is sound, but science also changes every single day and it's different every single day. Except for, you know, scientific publications and articles and things like that, which is what I rely on that came out before this whole thing got going. That's why I rely on on the few mask studies from back in like January, December, or last year, because those, to me, are the most credible. They're more objective than what's coming out now, which is a lot of coercive persuasion. So I think BDSM, and I think we're unzipping this, you're unzipping this mask. 
you're unzipping this mask to eat and then you zip it back up. It's Isn't that kind of weird? And all these other things that are part of the the, the way in which we're supposed to stop coronavirus. Uh, isolation is one of the things. That's part of Bitterman's chart of psychological confession extraction, extracting confessions that are false from prisoners. Isolation, which is, of course, your stay-at-home order, which is not really quarantines because quarantines are when you take sick people and put them off to the side, a isolation stay home stay at home order is more like a prison. It's home, it's it's basically house arrest. And then you have the second part of Bitterman's chart: monopolization of perception, which fixes attention upon immediate predicaments, fosters introspection, it eliminates stimuli competing with those controlled by the captor. So nothing else matters. I don't care what the data says about masks. I don't care what the data says about social isolation. I don't care what the data says about social distancing. Fauci has spoken. His word is God. So they've monopolized your perception. Induced debility and exhaustion, the third part of Bitterman's chart which weakens your mental and physical ability to resist. So you're like, ah, I'll just wear it. Shut up. And the next couple of parts, the next five parts are threats. What will happen if you don't wear it? What will happen if you don't stay home? Occasional indulgences. Occasional indulgences include things like positive motivation. If you wear it, you can go into the grocery store and not get hassled. Number six, demonstrating omnipotence, which just suggests futility and resistance. No matter what you do, no matter what's right, you're going to do what we say. Resistance is futile. And of course, degradation and enforcing trivial demands make the cost of resistance appear more damaging to self-esteem than capitulation. So just capitulate. It's easier to acquiesce. And we're at a point now where we're enforcing trivial demands. And it, it's just a joke at this point. Science is not sound. It's fluid, real sciences, and they tell us that this science is sound, but then it changes every day. So all these things are the methods by which we are controlled through the Bitterman chart. As an example, the exploitation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But these are also the things that are done to adults, teenagers, children in the labyrinth, in the maze of Epstein and Ariadne goddess of mazes we'll talk more about this when we come back the myth and the archetype right here on the secret teachings don't go anywhere stay with us on the fringe fm you are listening to the secret teachings to contact the show to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at the Secret Teachings Radio Show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. 
In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631. Or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. listening to the secret teachings radio broadcast right here on the fringe fm five nights a week monday through friday i'm ryan gable your host you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com rdgable at yahoo.com find us on facebook at facebook.com 
Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings and our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. All members now can access my books on the website, so I won't have to be sending out individual links. I've got those uploaded, and we're working on uploading the montages to the archive as well. All of that, again, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you can also subscribe, where you can also subscribe to become a member of thesecretteachings.info to access our show archive and more. So Jeffrey Epstein, I'm sure that it's not really that trendy now to say Epstein didn't kill himself. What I've always asked is, why is Epstein's death more important than his life? Maybe you could imply, well, he was killed for what he did in his life, but I think it's a little more complex than that. Because Jeffrey Epstein was a lot of things, but the one thing that I think is overlooked about his life and what he did during his life that we know about, from witnesses, testimony, lawsuits, court hearings, etc., and his connections to very powerful people. I always said that no one wants to touch the Epstein story. And I was talking about the Epstein story long before it became public. I mean, people like Alex Jones were talking about Epstein probably like 15 years ago. I mean, so it's, for some people it's new, some people it's kind of old news. But we knew all these things that were going on. And now it becomes public and it's whitewashed. It's like, well, Epstein just wanted to masturbate on a couple of girls and he wanted to have sex with some underage girls. That's not really that bad. Well, that's, that's, some of the, that's the whitewashed stuff. That's, that's the clean stuff raping some 12-year-olds. That's the clean stuff that went down. But Epstein resembled something else. Like, Think about it like this. Epstein, one of his abuse compounds was on an island in the Caribbean. On that island, he had a blue and white cube, which is, yes, the colors of Israel, but more importantly, it's the colors of Greece. And in Greek mythology, the Minotaur, the half-man, half-bull, representing the animal nature and the human nature, had his home on the island of Crete inside of the maze. And the people of Athens were compelled at one point in history by King Minos, Minos, Minos of Crete, to choose 14 young citizens, noble citizens, young men and young maidens, to be offered as a sacrifice to the half-human, half-bull monster, the Minotaur. They were offered as a sacrifice and retribution for the death of the son of the king, Andragios. So they sacrificed kids to this monster. Now, Jeffrey Epstein had an island, had his little blue and white cube there. He had a big labyrinth, by the way, at the Zorro Ranch, but more importantly, he had a series of lines and boxes outside of the blue and white cube that resembled some of the drawings and paintings of the mind control and sexual abuse victim, Kim Noble, who it's said has at least 13 personalities that were programmed through the abuse. And one of the things that she would paint, if you look up Kim Noble paintings, one of the things that she would paint or draw 
were boxes inside of boxes inside of boxes, which represented various compartments of the mind that were opened or closed like gates based on stimuli, based on code words or based on a, you know, a snap, based on something like that, which is how mind control operations have operated in terms of their intended goal, creating a Manchurian candidate, trigger words, frequency sounds to trigger you to switch you into a, a, a post-hypnotic state. These are things that are, that are done and have been done and well-documented historically by governments from the United States to the Soviet Union to Germany. I don't know how much the Chinese have experimented with that, but I imagine they don't really need to experiment with mind control because their, their whole entire society is just brainwashed mind control servants and slaves to the state, except for the ones that are able to, to escape the nightmare of China. But Jeffrey Epstein is essentially that minotaur in the Greek story. A hybrid creation that devours children and teenagers as a sacrifice within the maze. And the maze is found not only at his Zorro ranch, but the images as represented in the Kim Noble paintings as an example. The box in the box, the squiggly lines around each other, they're like little mazes, little labyrinths. One of the famous Native American drawings or rock carvings or paintings is the is the labyrinth the, or the man and the maze because the maze the labyrinth represents the journey of life also the the spiral the circle in Native American lore most Native American lore typically represents the cosmos the universe so you have these images on the Epstein properties and you also have them you know big, big, big labyrinth on a lot of the royal compounds. The royal family, you know, the one that Seville supplied children to. And Prince Andrew is, there's probably a tape of him according to Ghislaine Maxwell's, uh, well, not actually her friend said something different. It was Prince Andrew's cousin who said that Maxwell has a tape or probably lots of tapes of Prince Andrew doing some lewd stuff with some young folk. In, in other words, of Prince Andrew raping a girl. But it's okay, because he's a prince. Blue blood, royal blood, he's a prince, so it's okay. So Prince Andrew rapes somebody probably m- multiple times, and even if this does come out like officially in court, the the stuff about like Prince Andrew or Bill Gates or Bill Clinton, I mean, that is the sanitized version it's already explosive enough of what we've heard on the surface. Imagine what is being prevented from public knowledge. So the companion of Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, she operated like Seville did for the royals. Well, they're not really royals, are they? But the fake royals, the pseudo-royals, the Antichrist house of the Red Dragon. Ghislaine Maxwell operated as a hunter of children to acquire new prey for the bull and his maze networks. In Greek myth, it was the goddess of mazes, Ariadne, because of her involvement in helping Theseus kill the Minotaur, that she takes on the name of being the goddess of mazes and labyrinths. However, 
when the Minotaur is killed by Theseus, when Jeffrey Epstein is, well, he didn't kill himself, right? When Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, when he died, the Minotaur is dead. After the Minotaur dies in the myth, Ariadne is abandoned by Theseus. And when she's abandoned, she's distraught and she hangs herself. So I can't help but think that this was the fate of Jeffrey Epstein, and it could also be the fate of Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, the psychological abuses that are employed by you know these networks or just by advertisers, they're all very, very similar. The psychological abuses employed by, by this particular branch of, a, of an organized criminal network and cult includes rape, torture, intimidation, and other methods of coercion, which are a little bit less severe but nevertheless effective. These are some of the same methods being employed on the global population in response to COVID-19. And many of these methods are derived from Albert Biederman's framework for extracting false confessions. They also derive from the exploitation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, of course, the simple cycle of abuse often associated with domestic abuse cases. These exploitations of human nature and the associated abuses are also used by larger cults that gaslight and hijack your will to respond logically to matters of public safety and health i.e. calls to wear masks and things that are becoming more and more trivial in nature, which is the last phase, the last compartment of control in the Biederman chart of coercion, enforcing trivial demands where you develop habits of compliance, whether it's forced writing or forced face mask wearing. Just wear it. Just comply. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Just do it should really be the, the symbol, the goddess Nike victory. The goddess of victory is Nike. That should really be like the, that should be like the, the new world order line. Just do it. Forced vaccines, just do it. Just do it. Don't think about it. The UN coming into your home, taking your kids, just do it. Genetically modified foods, just do it. Global surveillance network, listening, recording, cataloging, making patterns of controlling your behavior through suggestions and other forms of coercion and psychological manipulation. Just do it. Don't resist because resistance is is futile and that's part of the Biederman chart of coercion. You have to demonstrate omnipotence. And you have to degrade the people. Basically, you're doing what Yuri Beznamov, the former KGB agent, said. You have to demoralize the country, destabilize the country. Violence then is employed, and then there's a new normalization. And that new normalization is, of course, the new normal that we are so used to hearing about now. It's so normal that it's it's normal. We don't really think about it anymore. One of the questions I have about these Epstein, Minotaur, Ghislaine Maxwell, Ariadne networks are really, wh- where do all these kids come from? You ever think about that? Where do all these kids come from? I mean, a lot of kids that are kidnapped, kids that are taken from orphanages, kids that are bred, they have breeders in a lot of these networks. Of course, Epstein was experimenting with genetic material at his labyrinth, Zorro Ranch, big labyrinth, at that ranch, just check that out. Uh, look it up, Zorro Ranch Labyrinth. And, and and really, the other question is, how many pedophiles really are there? We we hear that word a lot. Pedophile means lovers of children. So it's 
disingenuous as a term to apply to people like Epstein because he really wasn't a lover of children. He was an abuser of children. And people aren't attracted to children like this. People are attracted to overpowering somebody or something that's weaker than them. They're, 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 it's, the, it's the pathology of a psychopath, the pathology of a, of a burglar, of a, of, a, of, a, well, of a murderer, a sociopath, the serial killer, of a, of a mugger a rapist, somebody like this. They, they prey on the weak. I mean, even in nature, you don't prey on the strongest. You prey on the weakest. The one that's limping away with a hurt leg, you prey on them, you know, because it's, it's easier. It's really, really simple psychology. But how many of these pedophiles really are there? I, don't think, I think pedophile is an inappropriate word to use. I don't really think there's a lot of pedophiles per se. I think there's a lot of, by implication of what the word supposedly means, I think there's a lot of pedophiles. I think that there are a lot of abusers. I think that there are a lot of child rapists, child murderers. And by child, I mean we can say anybody over, well, under the age of 18, but really young adults. They're, they're, they're rapists, murderers, and ritual abusers and ritual serial killers. And they do it for a number of reasons. In Epstein's case, he had his entire place rigged with cameras and whatnot, so... These uh, people like Prince Andrew and others were videoed while they while they raped or had sex with underage girls. And, and you wonder, like, if you're going to have just, like, eyes wide shut sex with somebody, why, why it wouldn't be more like eyes wide shut? Like, at least in eyes wide shut, the girls were, at, at least I think they were in the movie, they were over 18, right? And they looked, they looked like women. So you've got all this money and power. You know, you're a prince. You're Bill Gates. You're Bill Clinton. I mean, Bill Clinton, I don't think Bill Clinton's into kids. I think he's just into banging a bunch of women. All right. But there's something else going on. I'm sure most of you recognize this. If you're that powerful and that wealthy and you can you can basically bang whoever you want to bang, prostitutes every night, why why are you going to an island of a convicted pedophile and associating with them and hanging out with underage people. Why is it because you get, I mean, you get off banging a hot woman or something or, but why do you get off hanging out with children? It's, there's something more to it. It's part of the way that they ensure that the power distributed will be held within the confines of what the cult, if we want to call it a cult, what the cult demands, because if you don't, you get all this power you could overthrow the cult or expose it. So you got all this power. You need to have that power held in check. Another question should be, why are there so many household names? Like, why presidents, prime ministers, powerful business and media people? Why are there celebrities of all sorts hanging out with convicted pedophiles on islands when, I mean, you know what's going on there. I mean, just from the reports and the eyewitnesses and stuff like this and the victims, I mean, we knew what was going on here in the secret teachings, so don't tell me that Bill Clinton didn't know what he was doing taking that private jet down there 27 or 28 times. Tell me he doesn't know what he's doing. He had no clue. I mean, hell, Prince Andrew, the pilot of the plane, the pilot of the plane said Prince Andrew was flying on the plane with some of these underage girls, and they had a they had a bed. I think it rotated. They had a bed in the back of the plane where they raped these girls. 
And now maybe Epstein's thing was like he just wanted to have sex with 13, 14-year-olds. I mean, sometimes a 13 or 14-year-old can look like they're 20 years old. Let's be honest. So it's not justification, but maybe that was his thing. And maybe he did some other really horrible stuff, and I guarantee you that he did. But for him, that might have been his payout. He gets money. He gets to have sex with 12, 13-year-olds. But what the huntress, I call her the huntress, Ghislaine Maxwell was doing, was farming these girls out to others and doing it with girls that were much younger than 12 years old. But I think either way, I mean, we're still dealing with something here that's not confined to an island or a country. This is an international connected network to the most powerful people on the planet that you know the names of. And the question, of course, is why are these household names involved in this? Can somebody answer me that question? This is a really important thing to think about. Furthermore, the methods by which these kids are brainwashed and controlled are the very same methods by which we are being manipulated, controlled, and coerced into participating with this, with the advancement of a global what I would call a golden circle, a golden circle plantation where there is no sovereignty of any nation and the UN has full control over everything, yet to tear down the sovereignty and demoralize the people, destabilize the world, acts of violence with acts of violence, and this creates a culture of normalization. That's what they tell us with the masks. The masks are the new normal. The masks are the new thing that you have to do. The masks are the process of normalization, which, as Zuri Beznamov said, was a Soviet propaganda term that meant when things go really bad for the people that are victims, the process is now normalized, meaning that we are the victims, and with the masks and the lockdowns and the isolation, all part of Albert Bitterman's framework for understanding the methods of false confession extraction the methods of torture is what it is it's torture we are being tortured we are being systematically tortured we are being systematically terrorized and and now they have masks that you unzip like some bdsm costume and, and let's be honest a lot of people are sadistic they're masochistic they are sadomasochistic they are into the cultural bdsm they get pleasure from the humiliation of self and the humiliation of others. They are, in a sense, suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. But in this case, we don't really see the captor. The captor has captured our culture. And it's hard to see beyond what's on the surface because our perception is controlled so strategically and precisely and surgically. I'm Ryan Gable. More of this when we come back from break. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Check us out www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com Stay with us more after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. 
here at the Secret Teachings Radio Show. We're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books. If you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more, the books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. It's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Power of Normal. And I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys, it was uh, pretty good. Guys, guys, no, no, no. Can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, that, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Understand the procedure now? Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then 
Sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need do is sit back and watch. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Yeah, you're a proper pro. And I just want to thank you, Ryan, for having me on. I've heard a few of your shows and you go deep, brother. You go deeper than a deep sea diver in a shipwreck. So it's been great to be a part of your show. You've got a tremendous amount of knowledge yourself. You've clearly put in the hours of research and I commend you for that. So I'm very happy to have been a part of your show today. Thanks again for the invitation. This is Mark Devlin, author of Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2 musicaltruthbook.com online and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable Here's a little bit of calm music to start the final segment tonight. Yeah, I know the show's heavy sometimes. It scares people. It's kind of an ongoing joke on the Fringe FM that people listen to Joe Roop and Lighting the Void. Well, you all. You all listen to Joe Roop and Lighting the Void and then kind of fall asleep. And then you wake up in between hours of the secret teachings and you're scared to death. <laughs> I don't think this show is scary, but I, I guess I have a, when you live in the darkness, it's not really darkness, I suppose. I'm trying to, I'm trying to branch out, you know, from the darkness. I don't see it as darkness. I, I see it as intellectually invigorating. Like, let me give you an example. This isn't to brag or to express my ego or anything like that but people ask me this a lot how do you come up with show ideas and how do you how do you come up with information and all these connections and links to things and I know that a lot of times when I'm talking it's not a matter of intelligence it's just other people don't know what I'm saying like if I say Jeffrey Epstein was the minotaur from Greek mythology Ghislaine Maxwell is the goddess or the princess in in Greek myth of mazes and labyrinths her name is Ariadne most people would think, what are you talking about? I don't know. Who is Jeffrey Epstein? Why, why does his name keep coming up? You know, all I know is he didn't kill himself, but what more do I need to know? What more, why do I care? So I try to factor that in. And it makes my job a little bit easier when I factor that in because all I would have to do is, like I did on Tuesday's show this week, called deciphering the maze, closing the pizza gate. All I had to do was rehash a lot of old Epstein stuff with some of the newer material that came out, you know, like it's a song or something, like a band. They released some new content. It's like new content, new material. But I went through and I 
documented some other cases of uh, related subject matter. And I got a really great response from that show. Obviously, there's an audience for that, and you can't find many places where you're going to hear that spoken about. But it's also important that we go beyond that and we start to look at things from a different point of view rather than talking about things that are directly topical. That's why you could more accurately describe this show as, yes, one based on occultism, but also based on mythology, on symbolism, on theology. These are all elements of occultism, but things that are hidden is really what it is. And I think Jeffrey Epstein, he's a lot of things, and what's often overlooked is that his island compound in the Caribbean has this blue and white cube. Yes, it's Jewish colors, the Israeli colors, but it's also Greek colors, Greek flag. In Greek myth, there was also an island compound where the Minotaur, the half-bull, half-man, resided in this labyrinth. On Jeffrey Epstein's island with that blue and white cube, there are little red squiggly lines, little circles that are kind of similar to Native American drawings of the man in the maze. Simple mazes, not complex, just little lines, little circles, and then a man, a man in the maze, the journey of life. But then there's also the circular spiral, which is the universe, the galaxy, the solar system. It's basically space. It's the cosmos. And this maze, in a simple form, is also blown up if you look at the New Mexico compound that Epstein ran with top scientists and geneticists working on eugenics programs and building, a, I guess for lack of a better term, form of terminology, a master race, but a master race of his own people, a slave clone race. I mean, this is in the New York Times. This was reported. He's going to freeze his penis and, I don't know, wait. His penis and Walt Disney, I guess, would have a good time because Walt Disney, you know, then they freeze his head or something. I like that Family Guy episode where they unfreeze Walt Disney and he's like, are the Jews gone? <laughs> no, he's like, put me back down. <laughs> that's, fu- that's, that's funny. Um, so Jeffrey Epstein is a lot of things, but he's also some things that are not just a lot of things that are often overlooked. He's something that's entirely overlooked. He is. He, he personifies the Minotaur in Greek mythology. And I've explained this tonight a few times, but for anybody just tuning in, this is all important, I believe, to tie everything together tonight. Lord of the Pedo Rings, right? Entrapping the Huntress, Eriade, the goddess of mazes and labyrinths. So the Minotaur, for those of you who don't know, is a beast, a hybrid creation that devours children and teenagers. That is literally the story of the Minotaur because the people of Athens were compelled by the king of Minos of Crete to choose 14 noble citizens, seven young men, seven young women, to be offered as a sacrifice to this bull, to the Minotaur, and they would be killed in retribution for the death of the son of Minos, Andragios. That's the myth. It's a really long myth you could read read it, it would take more than a few minutes to read it. So I'm simplifying that aspect of it. But in terms of symbol and myth and archetypes, Epstein is the beast. Not the red dragon beast of Revelations, but he is a, be- he is a beast. And his companion, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was a procurer of children for him, like Seville was a procurer of children for the rich and powerful in the UK and also around the world, 
Ghislaine Maxwell operated as a huntress. I called her a huntress because that's what she is. She's a huntress of children. She acquired new prey for the bull and his maze networks. Now, in Greek myth, it was the goddess of mazes, Ariadne, who was involved in the killing of the Minotaur by helping Theseus, the hero. Now, later on in the myth, she is abandoned by Theseus. So, what we have here is the bull is slayed, half man, half bull is slayed, who devours children, uh, teenagers, young people. And then, and not only devours them, as a sacrifice devours them. And then she, being abandoned by Theseus, kills herself. So, again, devourer of children on the island in the maze. The Minotaur is killed. And after the Minotaur is killed, goddess of mazes, Ariadne, the princess of mazes, she kills herself. She's distraught. Does this kind of look like, uh, I don't know, at least interesting? I don't know. To me, this is interesting. And so the fate of Jeffrey Epstein was hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. You know, Christmas lights, ornaments, Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell. What do these three to four things have in common? They don't hang themselves. So if this was the fate of Jeffrey Epstein, could it also be the fate of Ghislaine Maxwell? That's the question I'm asking tonight. Now, in these networks, you could be talking about John of God or Nexium. I, I actually pulled out a whole list. I just wanted to read these headlines really quick for you. Stay with me. I'm not digressing. I want to read these headlines as, you know, when George Carlin used to rattle things off. You know, the earth has been through earthquakes and floods and fires and tsunamis and magnetic reversal of the poles. And we think some plastic bags are going, you know, and he just rattles things off. I could rattle these things off, but I want to read you the actual headlines. So all of these things that I'm about to read you, some of the most disturbing stories that I could pull out of my archive, I sat down today. Um, well, I sat down and I had my son, Fox, and he was playing around with some little Hot Wheels cars. And uh, I, I'm sitting there and I'm looking through these files and he he comes over and he he, he starts pulling them out. And he, he actually pulled out a couple that I thought, oh, I should definitely put that in the pile. Thanks, buddy. So a couple of these are things Fox pulled out, but they're really good. But all, Well, they're really horrifying, but they're good. So all of this, it, it, all of these things are done using the same methods of coercion, persuasion, trauma, fear, etc. I want to read through these headlines, and then I want to talk about the psychology of this. 2019, Italian police arrest 18 for allegedly brainwashing and selling children. Mayors, doctors, social workers, they brainwashed vulnerable children into thinking their parents had abused them so they could be sold to foster parents. The article from The Telegraph says the network then allegedly gave the children to foster families in exchange for cash while keeping gifts and letters sent to the children by their real parents hidden in a warehouse that was discovered by police. The name of the investigation was codenamed Angels and Demons, and the plan was, according to investigators, they found the that the plan was to brainwash the children, and a lot of these children were sexually abused and were abused through electroshock therapy, what the cult called the little memory machine, 
to create fake abuse memories. And scientists can do this with mice, too, to implant memories. That's uh, Just look up Smithsonian Magazine. I think it's like 2014, 15, 16, something around there, where they implant false memories in a mouse. So these children are brainwashed by powerful people, and they use methods of torture to, to do that. Some of you know where I'm going with this. The Daily Mail, 2018, a U.K. report called The Truth Project reveals pedophile attacks by doctors, teachers, and social workers far more widespread than feared. And contrary to popular belief, 28% of witnesses say they were abused by relatives. Only a small percentage were abused by clergy, 15%, in, in respect to the 28 by relatives and 12% by professionals like doctors and social workers. Remember what... Son of Sam said, Satanists are peculiar people. They're not ignorant peasants. They're highly respectable members of society, doctors, lawyers, judges, etc. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the idea. This is a 2017 article here. Eleven mayors accused of child sex-related crimes since 2016, including the Seattle mayor, Ed Murray, who resigned on Wednesday, that was like early September 2017, after a fifth man publicly accused him of molesting him as a child. Just one of them. Also, uh, there were some others as well, some other mayors who resigned. Then, of course, you have the FBI release of the Finders information, a secretive group accused of child sex abuse. And these, these people were efficient, very efficient. They were using computers in the 80s to abuse children. We talked about that on this show called Finders, Keepers, Jeepers, Creepers, or Jeepers, Creepers, Finders, Keepers. It was in the archive and some other shows. And then I also did a big show on uh, Kev Baker with Kev Baker and Scotty Lopez on that. And we were talking about that at break, and Scotty's like, you notice that they're using these computer systems in like the freaking 80s, okay? So (laughs) obviously... This is military-grade equipment. I even I asked Nick Bryant that, too. We had Nick Bryant on the show a couple of months ago. He's the author of The Franklin Scandal, uh, journalist, uh, wrote one of the only books on The Franklin Scandal, and also he leaked the Epstein Black book to the press. So he knew quite a bit of stuff, and I asked him about that, and he, told, he was talking about the finders, and he's thought, like, yeah, it's clearly, clearly, it's not your average, everyday pedophile or abuser. As I like to say, it's not it's not a lover of children, peta, pedo, child, file, fillet, love, child love. It's not child love, it's abuse. But they love you while they're abusing you, or rather they abuse you and tell you it's love. It's love, it's ignorance, it's strength, war, it's peace, freedom, it's slavery. Uh, here's one that my son actually pulled out. He's one and a half, so he didn't do it on purpose. But maybe there's something energetically working through him. He wanted to help daddy. Uh this is one of the more disturbing articles that I, I just vividly remember reading this for the first time in 2000, and I think this was 2017-18. Washington Post, bodies of 800 babies long dead found in septic tank at former Irish home for unwed mothers. Yeah, they, they kill them or they sell them if they're unwed in Catholicism. Uh, this is uh, an RT News article, 900 suspected pedophiles arrested as darknet child porn kingpin jailed for 30 years. That's a... 900, that's nothing. Look at the 30,000, that's another headline, 30,000 suspects in Germany right now. 30,000 suspects in Germany involved in 
child sex abuse. We saw one of those stories come out a couple of years ago. This family was farming their kid out, and the the people that they were farming them out, farming the kid out to, they were like, "Well, we'll pay you ten thousand dollars or whatever it was to kill the kid," and the parents were like, "Nah, we don't. We'd rather you just anally rape him." Literally, I mean that was that it's like it, it, that was in the news. It was like though the parents don't want him to die because they make money off this kid, but they farm him out. They were in. They were part of that network. This is like this is CNN reported that thirty thousand. That's a lot. Thirty thousand. BBC two thousand nineteen Scottish child abuse inquiry. Boys raped by priests at quote satanic parties in Scotland. Here's Daily Mail. 2011, this is an older one, 300,000 babies stolen from their parents and sold for adoption. Haunting BBC documentary exposes 50-year scandal of baby trafficking by the Catholic Church in Spain, just in Spain, just in Spain. That is over a quarter of a million children, and they're not giving the timeline immediately here. Um, I think it was up until somewhat up until the 90s because they said a lot of it took place under General Franco's dictatorship. But obviously, the Catholic Church stopped. They stopped one of the most profitable things that... (sighs) Moving on. Heinous acts. U.S. Olympic Committee accused of sex trafficking in new lawsuit. The list of Boy Scouts leaders accused of sexual abuse is nearly 3,000 more names than previously known. Yeah, it's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands probably. That's 2019. The Olympic thing was back in 2018 as well. Uh, Telegraph, 2018. We're almost done with these. Three-year-old found at squalid desert hideout died in a demonic ritual. Quote-unquote demonic ritual. The article says a three-year-old boy found buried at a New Mexico desert compound. Hey, isn't that where Epstein had his compound too? Died in a ritual to cast out demonic spirits, but his extended family believes he would be returned to Jesus to identify corrupt targets for them to attack, prosecutors said in court. That's a creative one. You murder them in a satanic ritual, call it Christian, and say that he's coming back to help you kill Satanists. That is, I'll give them that, that is a creative, creative cult. 2018, People Magazine, ex-cult leader sentenced for kidnapping sex crimes against kids. Army of God cult leader sentenced for sex crimes against kids. And that's the Army of God, founding leader of a New Mexico-based religious cult. There's a lot of stuff going on in New Mexico. 2018, Guardian, nuns charged in Smilem Park child abuse investigation. See, the nuns abuse them too. This is a really, I don't know if you can find this article anymore, Reuters. UN warns Britain over child voodoo rituals, pedophile sex tourists. That's right. And speaking of sex tourists, retired Boise priest, 25 years, an evil child porn case. He raped and tortured, or watched children be raped and tortured, infants and toddlers, young boys and girls be burned, choked, and drowned. This is what the law enforcement agents and prosecutors said. Uh, Prosecutor Cassandra Slavin said, when you have videos with sound of infants and toddlers being brutally raped, when you have videos of children being tortured, when you have videos that focus solely on extreme violence to children, that's just on a completely different level. Uh, Oh, yeah. And uh, this guy wanted to travel to other countries to kill kids, by the way. I think it was Brazil. He wanted to go to Brazil to, uh, as a not a sex tourist, but he wanted to go to Brazil as like some country. I think it was Brazil. Yeah, it was Brazil. He wanted to go to Brazil to 
to like kidnap and kill a child. That's what it, that's literally what it says in the article from KTVB Channel Seven, Boise, Idaho. I, I used to live there, not too far from where this guy was watching child porn, and uh, this guy, uh, this priest, he wanted to go on a trip to kill a kid. He's a serial killer tourist. Uh, 2014, nearly 100 people, including a former cop and girl, 15 arrested in sex slave sting. That happens all the time, all the time. New York, Florida, all over the country. These are the small, these are the small ones. Associated Press, 2012, vast international child porn network uncovered. So when you start to look at things from this context, you realize, oh, oh, this isn't isolated. And these are just, these are some of the, these are some of the, the, the worst ones. But it just shows you from New Mexico to Italy to Germany to the UK to Australia down to Mexico, South America, Canada, the US. It's global. It's international. It's connected. It's all one big maze, one big labyrinth. And you know what's at the center of that labyrinth? What's at the center of that maze? It's the Minotaur waiting to devour you as an innocent youth as part of a ritual. Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, or the Minotaur and Maxwell the Huntress, they weren't just a couple of people that got together and because Maxwell raped a bunch of people too, who got together and lured young girls and gave them some money and has said, let's just have sex with me, you know, and I'll give you a million dollars and send you to school. I mean, the way that they painted, it's almost like Jeffrey Epstein was a good guy. He's like, well, if you if you if you let me bust a nut on you, I'll send you to like beauty school or something, whatever you want to do. Some of these girls he put up in his nice places in New York and sent them to school. I mean, you know, in those cases, it's like I think it's meant to make you think like, well, these girls deserved it then because they gave into it. I mean, that's applicable in Hollywood where you've got women that are like 40, 50 years old and they're banging Harvey Weinstein or they're watching him masturbate on a fern. That's literal, by the way. I always say that it's not a joke. Literally, he would make people watch him masturbate on a fern. I don't know why. I don't know why he wanted to masturbate on a fern. I don't think he was ever on that show between two ferns. That would have been really awkward. He would have had to jack off on both of them before the show was over. But that's literally, that literally came out. He liked to jack off on ferns. You know, why it wasn't, um, you know, a sunflower, why it wasn't, you know, an aloe plant. I don't know. There's probably a guy somewhere in the world he masturbates on aloe plants. I don't know. And when you, you know, masturbate enough and it gets real red and, dry, then you can take the aloe and rub it on and you know it's where it works out. So he liked to do that and that was that's weird enough. But the women that like sold themselves out to him, I don't have sympathy for some Hollywood whore, some gold digger, and I you know, unlike the was that Kanye West, I ain't saying she's a gold digger. I am saying she's a gold digger. If you're banging some fat Jew Hollywood scumbag piece of trash and you do it to get a part in a movie I'm supposed to go boo-hoo women too? I don't think so. You're a scumbag, dirty whore who bangs some guy to get a part in a movie. I don't feel bad for you, okay? A lot of these women were not raped. A lot of these women willfully gave themselves to that fat sack of... He looks like Jabba the Hutt. He's a Jewish Jabba the Hutt. And he looks like just a pile of... of Jabba the Hutt looks better than Harvey Weinstein, let's be honest. All right? I think some women would rather bang Jabba the Hutt than Harvey Weinstein. That guy's a complete 
oh god it's disgusting um that guy it came out later was also intimately connected to epstein why do you think that is well they have that it's part of the jewish mafia as part of that i mean we could, I, I might do a whole show on that coming up soon point is though epstein did a lot more than just procure children weinstein did a lot more than just you know pay some women to suck him off so they can they put him in a movie i don't feel bad for those people but the people that Epstein and Maxwell, this is where I was going with this, were the people that they abused, they try to, in the media, when it comes out, make it seem all like, well, yeah, he was raping a girl, but he did it vaginally. It wasn't anal. And he also gave her money afterwards and tapped her on the ass and said, thanks for coming. So, <laughs> my mind's all over the place tonight. So, that's how it's painted. So l- literally, the media paints it just like the way the word pedophile paints these people. Pedophile, child lover, lovers of children. Raping a child is not loving a child. Raping a child is traumatizing a child. Can we agree on that? It's traumatizing beyond anything that you can imagine, especially if you've never been abused like that. I, I can't imagine it myself. I don't know. It's psychological and physical, not just physical or not just psychological. And they whitewash it, they, they sanitize it, so it's like, well, he, he just had to have sex three times a day. Well, then go to sexual uh, Sex Anonymous or something, what do they call it, Sex Addicts Anonymous or something, go to that class. Your, your response to you know some inherent biological need to bust a nut is, is you take your billions and you go rig your home with cameras and you bring in Bill Clinton and you let him... And Alan Dershowitz gets a massage with with underwear on. That's what you do. Like, I mean, personally, I mean, let's be honest. Most people want to have sex. Okay, it's a driving thing. It's like it's part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You want to feel accepted. You want to have shelter, food, water, love, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, most people they just go get a prostitute, or maybe they have a friend. You know, people get drunk and hook up or something like that. That's the word, right? Hook up. You don't go out and you start, like, farming girls out. You're already a billionaire. It's not like, do you need to make more money? It's not about see, It's not about money. And it's not about loving children. And it's not about sex. It's about power. And it's about blackmail. And through blackmail comes power. Through power comes more ability to blackmail, more ability to control. Epstein was just, uh, he was just a guy. He was the Minotaur. And there were women being sacrificed to him. And the Huntress went out and acquired those women. Because... She was the mistress of the Minotaur. She was the mistress. That's another good show name, Mistress of the Minotaur. This Friday on The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. She's the mistress of the Minotaur. She's the huntress. She went and acquired these girls. And the thing is, you're supposed to sit here and think, even though they're raping kids, it's okay because they love the kids. This is the trauma that we've all been subjected to. This is the trauma, like in Albert Bitterman's 1956 chart of coercion, isolation, monopolization of perception, induced debility and exhaustion, threats, occasional indulgences, demonstrating omnipotence, degrading, degradation, enforcing trivial demands. This is what the cult, if you want to call it a cult, not the cabal, this is what the cult of child abusers, not pedophiles, this is what the cult of child abusers does. This is what they do to children, to teenagers, and it's what they do to you. Just like 
The black community traditionally and historically has been robbed of familial structures. Black Lives Matter says their goal is to dismantle the family. It says that on their freaking website. It's really unbelievable that it actually says that to get rid of the family unit, just like the UN. And when you get rid of the family unit, things collapse, more crime, more suicide, etc. And if you do that to the whole world, society will collapse. But see, that's why they have transgenderism and transhumanism. Humans are bad. Robots are good. Kill off humans. Birth strike. All these things. That's what Epstein was working on on his compound. And all this is part of the maze. It's all part of the labyrinth, a physical labyrinth, a, 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 a symbolic labyrinth, and a psychological labyrinth. And the psychological trauma that we are put through is very much like what is happening to the world with COVID-19. The masks, the zipper masks, the masks that open. It's like it's like some weird BDSM fetish. Like you want to... It's people are sadistic, they're masochistic, they want to, they get off on harming others and harming themselves and to signal how well they love their captors in what is turning out to be a global Stockholm syndrome where captors are are as invisible as the virus that's supposed to be so dangerous and deadly and spreading everywhere. Epstein is the Minotaur, Ariadne, the goddess of mazes, that's Ghislaine Maxwell. All this comes together in a terrifying way. And the way that they abuse and traffic children and adults is the way that we're all abused and trafficked. The way that, the yes, in a lot of ways, the black community has been from Tuskegee to the ways in which black ghettos have been established and the destruction of the family unit there is what's being applied to all of us. And when you become aware of this, it's like, oh, oh, now, oh, now it makes a lot more sense. At least to me, it makes a lot more sense. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Go to our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe today. Get access to the whole show archive. You can download and stream every show after it airs. You'll also get access on the site to two additional pages. One has all of my books, including my old books. If you're interested, a lot of people are. Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and the Technological Elixir are the new books. They're there as well, of course. Also a page with our show montages. All of that at www.thesecretteachings.info. Questions, comments, concerns, you want to yell at me, you want to thank me, love me, hate me, rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. I've got all your emails. I've got all the messages. I'm trying to respond back as best I can couple of people, well, I got a lot of emails this week, um, Dean Fro, David Bars, uh, Barsky, Brennan, uh, hold on, I'll back this out, Brennan Cabrera, William Craig Murdoch, Ryan Braswell, Dwayne Bernard, bunch of people emailed us this week, Leo, David, a couple of other people emailed us, Aaron Q., Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to The Secret Teachings. And thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned to The Fringe FM, thefringe.fm, and thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.